0: The real-time payment system, or RTP, is the first payment system that's been designed that isn't designed to retire really any, by intention, any of the legacy rails.
1: You're listening to Payments Innovation,
0: a podcast
1: dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? you've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Hi, good morning. Welcome to another edition of Payments Innovation. Um, I'm delighted today to be joined by Tim Mills. Tim is from The Clearinghouse. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Listen, thanks for coming on the show. Um, so why don't, why don't you first and foremost start with a bit of introduction? you know, who you are, your background, and and then talk a little bit about kind of The Clearinghouse.
0: Yeah, no, I'd be happy to do that, Richard. So I'm with The Clearinghouse. House. My role at the Clearinghouse is I head up our business development efforts around a variety of our payment products, and I'll talk a little bit more about what the Clearinghouse does here in a moment, but my background is really aligned with payments for the last uh, 20 years. I started off my career working in a, a small trade association in Ohio that was very much focused on promoting the growth of the Automated Clearinghouse, or ACH, network, and Over time, I found myself touching virtually just about every type of uh, everyone in our ecosystem. I have had some opportunities during my career to uh, spend some time working on payment modernization projects in various geos around the globe, including Bangladesh and and Trinidad. And now I'm very excited to be here in the U.S. doing some work on uh, modernizing our own payment system. Here domestically.
1: Why don't we jump into kind of the clearinghouse? And I think you know, this is really interesting at the moment. I think you know, real-time payments is is a very hot topic. So why don't you give us kind of a bit of a background of what you guys are doing there?
0: Yeah, sure thing. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because more often than not, when you say the clearinghouse, people immediately expect that you're going to pull out a oversized novelty check and send them yeah. into the sunset with as a millionaire. But the clearinghouse is an organization uh, that was created back in the middle of the 19th century to provide greater efficiency around interbank clearing and settlement of payments. Now, when you think about the 19th century, um, and we talk about payments, it was really either cash or, believe it or not, it was checks. And that was really a pain point in the middle of the 19th century is how are you going to efficiently be able to clear checks between financial institutions. And so, That was the start of the Clearinghouse, and over the last 160 years, the Clearinghouse has moved from just supporting interbank clearing and settlement of checks to ACH payments to high-value payments to also acting as an advocate around payment-related issues for the financial services industry and specifically for financial institutions. So we've been involved in payments for quite some time, and now, as we look at, at the 21st century. We're playing a leading role in terms of helping to modernize the payments landscape. And on a day-to-day basis, Richard, we clear and settle about $2 trillion in payments. So it positions us very well to play a role as a leader in the payment space.
1: So if we look at I guess real time payments itself, you know the the, I guess the case for real time payments at the moment is increasingly apparent. You know the use of mobile technology for funds transfers has dramatically I guess increased customer expectation. And this you know the, the question was you know why does the movement of money you know just debiting one account, crediting another account sometimes take longer than the actual physical movement of goods? I mean surely that's not acceptable in in today's current society. And I guess. From the Clearinghouse's perspective, this is obviously really, really important in the U.S. And it, it comes at a time where you've got you know, similar kind of schemes launching in Europe with Real Time One. The Australians have talked about their new payments platform, the MPP. And now obviously you've got the, the Clearinghouse in the U.S. So, so how important is this for, I guess, industry in general and, and what, what type of industries are, are going to benefit from this?
0: Yeah, Richard, I mean, I think that this is really become an imperative as far as the industry is concerned. And I think you talked about a number of the drivers behind that. I think uh, there is this expectation by end users that almost everything that they do today on a day-to-day basis occurs in real time from uh, texting to, you know, we're we're getting pretty darn close with, you know, being able to to place an order for, you know, an item and having that item show up to your house you know uh, sometimes within less than an hour when in the past that took days so i think it is very much about in user expectation i think from a business perspective i think businesses have been very interested in how to speed up processing of payments as a way to improve a variety of processes as a way to reduce their exposure and you know if i'm an online merchant and you purchase something from me your expectation is that I would make that delivery of that product or that service, but I've got to balance that against the fact that if I release that product or service before I receive payment, and then I don't receive payment, there's some exposure that I have to deal with. And you know, and I think that that also plays into uh, where financial institutions sit as well, realizing that this whole idea of taking two and three days to clear a payment provides not only inconvenience you know, for end users and some risk, but also for financial institutions, it poses some risk and uh, can add additional expense to the payment services that are provided to end users. So, you know, I I think that those are are key drivers. You mentioned that you look globally, that there is uh, been a push, not over the last five years, not over the last decade, but in fact, over the last couple of decades, to move to real-time payments. If you look at some of the markets in Asia, if you look at uh, some of the geos in even in, uh, in Europe, if you look at the UK and in Mexico, you're talking about places where they've had real-time functionality for more than a decade. And so obviously the U.S. from a competitive standpoint, you know, really is in a position where um, you know, we're, we're somewhat playing catch up in terms of bringing this functionality with us realizing that most use cases in the 21st century for payments really require a real-time context for those payments.
1: So so just picking up on that, I mean, I'm from the UK and we've had real-time payments for, I guess, almost a decade now. So what have been the challenges here in the US around launching this service? and, And why has it taken, I guess, so long to catch
0: up? I think a big part of it, Richard, has been that within the industry, there's been a consensus that we need real-time payments. We need faster clearing and settlement of payments. I think the challenge has been how to do it. And there's been a very fragmented view within the industry of how to do it. So if I go and I talk to a corporate treasury manager and ask them, how should we do this? Then uh, that corporate treasury manager has an idea that's, that's very focused from a business perspective. If I talk to a consumer advocacy organization about how to do it. They have a, a view that's that looks different than what the business may may see. And then again, if you look at financial institutions, who in many cases arguably have the most at stake because in essence, they virtually control the payment rails uh, and have the responsibility for bearing the expense and, and the risk associated with operating those rails. They have yet another way to look at, at being able to move these payments. And And so what, you know, I think has really been the game changer, if you will, has been the work that the Federal Reserve Bank has undertaken in terms of bringing together those different stakeholders and facilitating a discussion that really came to some consensus. And this is something that we haven't been able to do. There hadn't been really any entity that had been able to successfully pull off bringing together those disparate stakeholders. Having everyone sit at the table and come up with a consensus around what's the best way to move forward and and the Federal Reserve over the last three or four years effort in terms of doing that. And as a result, I think that that really has paved the way for the clearinghouse to take on uh, building out this new real-time capability within the industry.
1: Okay, and, and yeah, and, and it was—I guess—it was a trick question because you know, in, in the UK is a small island, and over here, I guess, you've got all the state regulation. <laughs> regula- <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting, get—I guess—to get your perspective, but you know, it is clear. Well, as
0: well and, that, and let me and let me stop you there, Richard, because that is a point. A lot of times, as you talk about real-time payments capability, everyone says, "Well, they're doing it in you know Japan. They do it in Mexico. They do it in the UK." I don't know why we can't just get it done here in the U.S. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's because you have all of these stakeholders. But just mechanically, in those other countries I mentioned, you're talking, you know, less than a half dozen financial institutions that you've got to bring along that you have to to coordinate with. Here in the U.S., we have a very complex and diverse ecosystem in terms of of the industry. We have, depending on who you talk to, anywhere from 8,000 to eleven thousand financial institutions. They range from the smallest of the small to the largest of the large, commercial banks, credit unions, community banks. And so it you know, it truly is, pardon the expression, like herding cats in order to and that's just one segment, right? We're we're not even talking about the diverse, the diversity of end users, in uh, regards to whether we're talking about uh, consumers from millennials to boomers to the affluent, or we're talking about corporates, small businesses, sole proprietorships, to middle market to large uh, corporates, uh, multinationals. There's a lot of coordination to be done, and and it's taken, I, I think, uh, a while for us to get to that place.
1: Yeah, no, I understand, and I guess this is you're, you're not alone. as I said so. You know, Europe or any launching it this year. But I think between the US, Europe, the Australians this year, there's another maybe eight or so in progress. So I guess this, this movement towards real-time payments is, is clearly real. So what does the future look like in terms of when, when can the real-time payment system become the norm? And when is it that maybe traditional kind of ACH methods are, uh, are forgotten about and it's, and it's all real-time payments? <laughs> Or, or,
0: so, am I dream, or am I dreaming that? Yeah, well, let me stop you there because what we've done here in the U.S. historically is that we've taken payment rails and we've uh, pitted them one against the other. So I create the ACH with the intent of getting rid of every check that ever existed. Uh, if I am responsible for, uh, am a fan of card-based payments, then my view is, is that card-based payments provide more convenience and more value than uh, maybe uh, ACH payments or check payments. And, you know, the real-time payment system or RTP is the first payment system that's been designed that isn't designed to retire really any, by intention, any of the legacy rails. It's really designed to solve for inefficiencies that those rails don't solve for. So let me give you an example ACH, if you think about things like direct deposit, right? so many end users, their salary is paid through an ACH credit into their bank account. That works and it works extremely well, and there's no reason to necessarily change that. However, if I take that same payment type and then move that to the e-commerce space, you see where there's an example I, I shared with you earlier. If I take a, a transaction that occurs in the e-commerce space, and I say, I'm going to get, you know, give you the, the products and services once you pay, well, now we've got, when does payment occur? Does it occur when I tell my institution to send the funds or authorize you to take the funds out of my account? Or does it occur when the funds are actually in my account and I consider them good? And so as a result of that, when you look at the attributes of real-time payments, it provides value that provides greater efficiency. So as we look down the road and we say, what's going to happen, you know, or or, or when does real-time payments become a common occurrence, I think we're well on our way down that road as we speak. You know, today, Richard, uh, the the network went live about six months ago. Uh, You've got roughly, or not roughly, but you've got seven financial institutions that are on the network currently. The projection is, is that by the end of this year that you'll have roughly another couple of hundred financial institutions that are on the network. And the industry and the clearinghouse actually is supportive of the goal that's been stated by the industry is to have ubiquitous real-time payments in the marketplace by the end of 2020. And that's defined as, you know, 95% of the available accounts in the country being able to either receive or to send a real-time payment. And, you know, we're talking only 18 months away. It's a lofty goal and, and it's gonna take a lot of uh, aggressive change and in investment. I mentioned that we're well on our way to meeting that goal of reaching ubiquity by 2020. And you know, it's only 18 months away, but you know, I, I think that there's a great deal of will within the industry and end user expectation definitely is driving this as well. That I, I think realistically that we'll reach that goal.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the, the point you made there around end-user expectations—you so, know, this isn't a—you're not disrupting an industry necessarily. What you're doing is the industry is evolving to this way of making payments for for certain use cases. I think certainly in, in e-commerce and you know, anything driven by end-consumer expectation around you know instant—it's instant gratification, so instant payments. Uh, and I yeah. think you'll naturally see this. See, you said you know you've got seven financial institutions using it at the moment another 100 or so to come by the end of the year and then suddenly it's mass adoption you know as this just becomes the expected way to do it and as people realize this is the way to do it then there's there's no real pushing or selling it's just the expectation of the industry
0: yeah and the industry is really responding to what the expectation is in the marketplace and you know I, i think that uh, when you look at the fact that there is demand within the marketplace, that that really is it, it, in a very real way driving the will to uh, to move sooner rather than later around implementation of this new capability.
1: Fantastic. Well, listen, we, we, I think we're just about out of time, but um, it's been fascinating talking to you, Tim. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, once again, I've been joined by Tim Mills, who is Vice President of or the Clearinghouse Payments Company and some really interesting things happening in, in real-time payments here in the US. Tim, thanks for your time.
0: Thanks a lot, Richard. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com.
1: You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast
0: player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.